nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. I hope everyone's having a great August. It's the last couple days of summer coming up. Uh, and my name is Stephen Holastic, and I'm co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits. On a personal level, I have 25 years of experience in building companies, and I have the privilege to speak with nonprofit executive directors on a daily basis. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Larry Moore, Larry founded Pack Away Hunger in 2009, and that organization has packed over 17 million meals before a successful transition to a new executive director in 2019. Larry also founded the Alliance for Better Nutrition, which was founded in 2015 to the support to support the work of organizations such as Pack Away Hunger, and has grown to nine affiliates. The Alliance provides a way for groups to pack the highly nutritious NutriPlenty meal, and the NutriPlenty meal is copyrighted and restricted. Prior to Larry's nonprofit experience, Larry spent 30 years in the corporate world doing product development and supply chain work. Larry has been an extensive world traveler and has had a long time yearning for more meaning in his life. And that is what led to his nonprofit work. Larry, welcome to the Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thank you, Stephen. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Larry, I mean, I know you've traveled a lot, um, both I, I know in your career, uh, commercial career in your nonprofit. Is there is there one area of the world that you, uh, that you traveled to that had the biggest effect? Well, the, the part of the world that had the biggest effect on me wanting to leave the corporate world was in southern China, where it's heavily industrialized, and the amount of pollution going into the air and into the water. I, I realized the more products I created, if they were wildly successful commercially, that was an even greater negative to the health of the folks in China trying to drink water or breathe the air. So that was, that still stands out very vividly in my mind. From the nonprofit travel side, uh, I love, absolutely love going to Guatemala. It's the area where we travel is very peaceful. The The folks are very family oriented and they want to learn more and they're, they're very hardworking people and they will welcome you into their house, hut, whatever they call it, and just make you a part of their family. It's a blast going down there. That's great. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about all our podcasts. I think that every, the, everyone we do is typically very helpful to nonprofit executive directors and their staff. But this one in particular, I, I really saw uh, when you were you and I were kind of talking about what you would talk about, I, I instantly kind of got it because uh, I speak to a lot of 
executive directors who've been at their jobs for 15 years, 20 years, and they're going to be transitioning to either retirement or, you know, to another chapter in their life. You know, so today what we're going to be talking about is, you know, how to prepare your nonprofit for, from the, from the transition from one leadership to another. And it's something that, you know, Larry has had expense, extensive experience with. Um, so Larry, maybe you could just kind of set the table for us, tell a little bit about how that experience came about. Sure. Well, I'll go back 40 some years. Very first job out of college was with a retail furniture store that was growing rapidly. And they wanted to do all their hiring and promotion from within, but that necessitated having trained people on a fast pace. So their mantra was that you could not get promoted to the next level until you had trained your replacement. And and not just trained your replacement like, hey, this is the key for the front door and this is the key for the back door. Uh, you had to not only train them on every aspect of what you did, but when the regional manager came to town and visited your store, um, he would absolutely grill your designated successor. And and if you if he did not feel like you had trained that person, you kind of went to the back of the line as far as promotion. So with a strong vested interest in training my successor, I had this mindset baked into my head from a very young age. And then fast forward to three or four years ago at Packaway Hunger, the, the elephant in the room in my mind was, was the succession planning. And it's something that people don't like to talk about. If it's if you depending on who brings it up, if the executive director brings it up, then the board of directors gets nervous. Oh, is he going to leave next week? Uh, the staff might get nervous. If the board brings it up, then executive directors or staff might get nervous. So the best thing to do is rip the Band-Aid off and start talking about it. Yeah, I would imagine too. It's like there's one thing when you've been with the nonprofit for ten or fifteen years, and it's kind of listen. I want to transition, so you're you're prepping for it. But it's another one when when something unexpectedly happens in your life too, where the nonprofit loses somebody unexpectedly. Um, that I mean, I I would imagine not a lot of nonprofits are even prepared for that. Right. Well, and you've phrased that very delicately in our language. As we started planning for succession, uh, we basically laid out two scenarios. One was an orderly transition, probably to take place over six months. And the other we nicknamed the Larry gets hit by a beer truck scenario. <laughs> and, and it's very real. It's stuff happens. And and the uh, a board member that I respect immensely kept very gently reminding us that it's never if 
the executive director is going to eventually leave. It's never if, it's always when. So accept the fact that it will happen and and just plan for when it does, but be realistic. It might happen orderly and it might happen because of a beer truck. Yeah, I think I, I, I would think that um, the more that somebody cares about their nonprofit, the executive director, the more sweat and work they've put into that organization and the, how much they usually care about the cause, the more that they would probably buy into the idea of what you're talking about. Is that accurate? I think so. That Personally, I, I agree with that, that if you, if you really care about it, then you have to think beyond yourself. It's surprising, especially to people who start nonprofits. Um, there's a lot of literature out there about founder syndrome, and it's, it's never very pretty. When it goes too far, when you know after that expiration date has come and gone, they uh, they need to get out of there. And you you think, oh, I started this and I know everything, and it all revolves around me. But your obligation, if you really care about the cause, your obligation is to make it absolutely not about you, but about the next person. Yeah, you know it's funny. My my uh, my my mom's ninety five years old and she's doing great. And my dad passed away; it was ninety one. And they they tended to be really organized people. And but when they got past like eighty five, they there were a few things they there that they left un untied. And as they got older, they didn't want to address some of the things because they were afraid. Like, you know, like a directive. Like I was shocked when my parents didn't have a directive and refused to give us a, uh, a advice on what they wanted because they were scared of the end. So it's like a little bit of a, a correlation between, you know, uh, planning and not planning. Uh, you know, so th- when you did you come up with the idea that Larry gets hit by a beer truck? Or was it was b- the board director. Well, we, I, I, re- I saw an article, uh, Bridgespan, four or five years ago, ran an article about succession planning, and it really opened my eyes. It brought me back to being right out of college and this whole train your successor mantra. And so at the next board meeting, I brought up the subject and two board members, their eyes just got huge. (laughs) They each had a story. They had never talked about this before, but each one of them had been head of a nonprofit board when the executive director left. And in both cases, it was one week notice, two week notice. It was very, very sudden, no planning. And they both said, absolutely, we are going to do this planning. And they immediately volunteered to collectively, along with myself, be the succession planning committee. And they, boy, their their stories and their memories of going through that experience, um, which was pretty much a beer truck experience, 
that they had each had in a different nonprofit. They did not want to repeat that. Yeah. So let's maybe get down a little bit to the meat and potatoes and, you know, tell us a little bit about you, your recommendation, if you're going to an executive director and saying, you know, this is how you kind of want to take care of your, your, your planning for this. What would you recommend? Well, I would start with open discussions with board and with staff and maybe with, with staff explain that at the next board meeting, I'm going to bring up this subject and I'm going to recommend that there be a committee of the board to plan for succession. And it is, it's very easy when you're not planning on leaving right away. That was my case. I had no intention of leaving, and but I felt that it that planning had to take place. So I think that helps reduce the anxiety when you can honestly look at staff members in the eyes and say, "I am not planning on leaving. You, this is, I am." fully into this, but at some point it will be time for me to leave. Yep. Okay. And then the, 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 the second thing you would say? Well, you can create a plan and stick it in a drawer. Uh, but if you don't look at it every year, uh, in our case, I think we baked it into the we, the board just met quarterly. We baked it into the April agenda and made that permanent part of the April agenda that we would look at the succession planning document. And, and every year there were things, oh, yeah, we should, we need to update that. We need to change that. Uh, another element that uh, works into this is do you want to hire from within? And and so that that annual review plays a big part in that because you maybe someone who in the year 2015 is on your staff and they are a very logical successor maybe by 2018 they've moved on yeah did you did you find it kind of freeing like freeing when you started this process where it kind of opened more doors for you to potentially move into something else? Oh, yes. Yeah. Just because if I felt like there was a, a plan and a time frame, then, then when these little signs started popping up as far as, well, maybe it is time for, for me to, to move on. And an early little indicator for me was realizing that as I was thinking about the nonprofit, I wasn't thinking three years out, five years out. I was thinking, I was thinking six months or 12 months out. So my, my time horizon had shortened and there's a, there's a sign when your time horizon is shortening. Well, maybe your your horizon in that position is shortening too. Yeah. So after you had put the plan together, talk about succession, who would, who would potentially get involved internally um, or would you look outside? 
you reviewed it at board meetings every April. Uh, was there anything that came out of that outcome that was because you followed that through on that process? Was there anything that, that as a result that you weren't expecting that came out that was good? Well, there were there were discussions. There were a few staff members who we talked to about, are you interested in this? And then there were some assessments done. We had a at the same time, a new board member come on with experience using the predictive index. It's yep. an assessment tool. Uh, I know she differentiates strongly between that and Myers-Briggs, but it's in somewhat the same vein. Um, so digging deeper into the predictive index for these possible candidates, uh, would, do we think they would be a good fit? And, and in both cases, they opted out saying, no, it's just not the right time in my life to be do, taking this on. Wow. I wasn't expecting, uh, was that, was that surprising to you? Uh, in one case it was, but I, I highly respect the person for, for making that choice because choose, you know, it's easy to say, yes, I want to do this in life. Um, it's more difficult to say, uh, for the next X number of years, I'm going to put that dream on hold for the sake of my family. Yeah. 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 And I highly, you, highly respect the, that. I know like I, I wrote a, an article about this recently and it was about the, you know, the top seven things that I learned, uh, over 25 years of building companies and what I would recommend to entrepreneurs. And one of them was, you know, building processes. It's one of the most important things that you have to do if you want your company to uh, excel. And uh, did you find that when you were doing the succession planning that your processes internally were good or did, or did you find out that you're like, wow, we have to formalize this part of our organization better? Oh, definitely the latter. It was, you know, you, you start an organization and you're the only employee and you're doing everything and you just assume that everyone on everyone else understands how things are done. So a, uh, the, the process recording those processes is very important and, and not just for the executive director, but we realized, Oh, Every single position should have this document that shows step by step with screenshots and arrows and whatnot how to do some things because if if they get hit by the beer truck, you're yeah the work still right, needs right. to happen right so um so is there what when was the last time? So when you started doing succession planning in what year? Uh, started succession planning in 2016. And in the fall of 2018, realized that the time had come to ask the board, okay, flip the switch, not, not starting the beer truck, but flip the switch on starting this orderly process to find a replacement for me as executive director and 
bring the person in, they get onboarded, the transition takes place, and then I say goodbye. It must have been a great, a great feeling. I mean, you, might, you must look back and say, I mean, I tend to be a very organized person. So for me, I would feel, boy, I did that right. And I have a hunch that because of your career in supply management and uh, product development, that you, f- you feel the same way. Is that accurate? Yeah, I've, I'm delighted with the replacement um, and also the process that um, the board didn't have to make some panic-stricken appeal to find somebody and make a decision hastily. We're fortunate in Indianapolis to have a, a organization called Charitable Advisors, and they do executive searches for nonprofits, among a host of other things. And mm. they were very grateful that that everything was laid out, okay, we're going to hire for someone and here's their job description, which has been updated every year and kept current. Here's the organizational chart. So here's what the person will be doing and not doing. That was, that was a big help to them to, to find someone. And they found someone who's fantastic. So in the, the, the couple minutes we have left, Larry, is there anything else that you could kind of recommend? The, probably the biggest recommendation that we haven't talked about would be, um, and this is something that I started even before I flipped the switch to ask the board for planning, but record the, the actions that you take. Uh, there are things that, as an executive director, I was just doing once a year. So that's easy to forget depending on when the new person comes in. It's easy to forget. Oh yeah. Well, you're, you're coming on board. We had a six week overlap period. And if that particular activity, like in Indiana, we have to file a business entity report every year. And that might not hit during that six weeks of transition. And also during the transition, we spent a lot of time and effort and miles doing a face-to-face introduction. So for key suppliers and key sponsors, I wanted them to meet Abby face-to-face with me standing there saying, the board has done an extensive search. They took their time. They made the right decision. Here is the new executive director. You're in great hands. Give them all the support that, that you've given me over the years. Yep. And we did some some of the handoffs were uh, through Zoom or Skype. Uh, a, a few of them maybe just by email, but when in doubt, and we actually added time to the overlap period to do more face to face introductions. So kind of summarizing what we've talked about, number one, decide that you feel it's important to start succession planning, regardless if it's planned or unplanned. Number one, you have to kind of feel that it's important. Number number two is um, start to 
you know, kind of document and uh, uh, record maybe not even just the executive director's role, but other people's roles in the organization. So there's easier transition going from one person to net the next, regardless if someone quits, if someone gets hit by a beer truck or for whatever reason. Uh, the, the third thing is to uh, make it a, a yearly update. So it's not just a document that's put into the draw and no one knows where it is and it's not updated on a consistent basis. Uh, the fourth thing, I guess, is uh, to actually look internally potentially at people that maybe you'll develop and you know, see if there's certain skill sets that you need to kind of work with them on and see if you can get their buy-in. Um, and the fifth one, what was the last one we talked about? Well, the face-to-face introductions, the handoff. Yep. Yep. So, and and was that, that kind of, I guess some of this also comes up. It does, it wasn't kind of part of the plan for that. It just kind of sounded like a good idea, right? Well, I would say it was part of the plan to uh-huh. um, kind of created a different strata for supporters and suppliers. Okay, who would we want to do a face-to-face handoff to and who who can be done through Zoom or by email? Good. So, Larry, what's what's next on the plate for you uh, in your, your life? Well, for one thing, taking my own advice as far as succession planning – for the nonprofit that I'm running now. So I, I can't be a hypocrite and yeah. <laughs> ignore that. Yeah. Yeah. I have to remember. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Like when I, when I write things or, or, you know, if I'm on a podcast, someone's interviewing me, I, you know, when you do something, you're like, uh, am I being hypocritical here? You know, you kind of look under the covers to see if what <laughs> you're saying you're doing, you're doing right. Yeah. Yep. We, oh, that's, Carol's mantra, never if, always when. Uh, mm. I have to just keep that in mind. Well, I'd like to thank Larry uh, Moore, president of the Alliance for Better Nutrition today. Uh, if you like today's podcast, uh, please feel free to share it with a friend. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you could call us at 862 207 4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. Larry, if someone wants to reach you, how, how would they reach you? Our website is all for the numeral four nutrition.org. And that would probably be the easiest way to, to reach me reaching out through the website. And there's a contact us section That'll lead you to me and would love to chat. And lastly, if you feel your nonprofit has a unique story relating to how your nonprofit is applying business or leadership tools, please contact me. We are always looking for speakers for our podcasts. Other than that, I'd like to thank Larry and I'd like to thank our listeners and all of you for making the world a better place.